0: you think about a lot of our holidays here in America and uh, the things we celebrate and oftentimes they revolve around fantasy uh, things that aren't real things that uh, uh, are maybe born out of the hearts of children and kept on through tradition and yet you think about God becoming man to die on this earth for our sins so that we could become the children of God that's not fantasy that's true and I'm thankful today for that unspeakable gift, wonderful song this morning, great singing choir, boy, encourage my heart. It's like our Bible's out this morning, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, and if you would stand when you get there this morning. We're going to read one verse out of this if we could. Let me say before we read, uh, I want to thank those who came out yesterday, boy, we had a great time out. Uh, Our Christmas outreach yesterday, we met at 10 o'clock and had a great group go out and uh, thank the Lord heard we had one saved yesterday outdoor knocking and what a blessing that was, had a good time, good fellowship. I do want to invite you if you haven't had an opportunity to go, uh, go with us out next Saturday morning, 10 o'clock we'll meet here in the fellowship hall. Uh, We have our wonderful Christmas card tracks, we'll be going and giving out uh, different areas in Hattiesburg and inviting folks not just to come to church but to come to Christ and uh, what an encouragement it was yesterday to go out together. And well uh, we we barnstormed through an area way quicker than I expected. So I have to line up more doors next week than we did this week. But I appreciate all those who came out. Look forward to next Saturday, 10 o'clock, be here for that. And I promise you, we'll pair you up with somebody. You don't have to speak. Uh, we've got plenty of people who like to talk here, amen. And we'll pair you up with one of those. And uh, there's no fulfillment like going out and sharing Christ, especially this time of the year. Second Corinthians chapter number 9. <clears throat> We're going to read the very last verse in verse in chapter number nine. very simple verse as Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. chapter number eight, chapter number nine, speaking of giving and he's talking about the example that was set by the churches of Macedonia but he can't finish up in chapter number nine without giving the greatest example of giving there ever was and that was the gift that our father gave us and his son. And we're going to read this one verse. I'll read it through twice, and then we'll pray. And I'm going to give you one more verse after we pray to look at this morning. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray together, and we'll read more here in just a moment. Father, thank you uh, for the great gift that you gave us in Christ Thank you, Lord, that it's a gift that not only we can receive, but we are able to share. And I pray that, Lord, as we went out yesterday and, and one trusted you, I pray we not only share it throughout the Christmas season, Father, help us share it throughout the rest of our lives because it is truly an unspeakable gift. We thank you for that great gift you've given us. I thank you for the message you've given us to preach today. And Father, I pray you'd be with all of us that are in this room, the many, Lord, that are gathered at home, Lord, that are sick, have kids that are sick. pray you'd help them, Lord, through your word today. Pray your will be accomplished today of course in Jesus name amen you may be seated <clears throat> we're getting to the place to where if you are a procrastinator uh, when it comes to Christmas shopping I want to go ahead and give you a warning we're getting close uh, we got about two weeks away from uh, the big day and it's important you get about uh, that shopping because we're entering that crunch time and I got to wondering this week, how many people are last-minute shoppers, all right? I I try not to be a last-minute shopper. I like to try to have my gifts bought, and I'm I'm graduating. The last few years, I've even gotten them wrapped before Christmas Eve. Uh, I don't know if uh, you other ladies are that way, but I found that my wife likes to be able to look at it all underneath the tree and the nice coordinated wrapping paper, and so I try to get it wrapped now before Christmas Eve. But I looked up this week about last-minute shoppers, and I found some startling numbers that you may find yourself in this morning. Sixteen percent of people say they wait to start shopping until December. Half of last-minute shoppers say they still aren't even sure what they're going to buy yet. Fifty-one percent of Americans wait until Christmas Eve to buy their last present. And now, if you're one of those people this morning in that 51%, because I just encourage you, look, we've got two weeks to get on the ball and get about buying your gifts and get all of those things done, because it'll be here before you know it, and here's what happens. When you wait until the last minute, you usually get something that they don't care as much for, because you're just grabbing something at TJ Maxx, Right? Or now we have Home Goods, which is an upscale TJ Maxx. I've been there twice this week. And husbands, let me tell you, <clears throat> it's hard to go wrong there, all right? Just go in there. You can usually get something they're going to enjoy. And, and then when you wait until the last minute, what else do you do? You usually end up spending more money on something they really didn't like to begin with. In a recent survey, wives gave what their worst gifts they had received were. Now, husbands, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you, okay? I'm trying to head off some marriage counseling. Come January and February, you might pay attention to this. In a recent survey, the worst gifts that wives have received, diet and fitness books. Number two on the list was appliances they did not ask for. Number three was wrinkle cream. Number four was the exact same thing they got last year. Husbands, could I just encourage you to write that down, all right? You'd save a lot of us some, a lot of time counseling if you would remember that. Under the list for men, worst gifts that men have received, <clears throat> they listed upgraded lawn equipment. Don't get your husband an edger this year unless he asks for it. Things that require assembling, gym memberships, and ear hair trimmers. <laughs> I haven't gotten there, but I heard it's coming the older I get. You know, when it comes to giving gifts, it really is about the thought that counts, isn't it? When it comes to giving gifts, I mean, that's a wonderful rule of thumb to live by. It's the thought that counts. Uh, Just this morning, the Bickham kids got in from vacation, and uh, they were down in Orlando at Disney World, and they came in. And uh, they brought me a bag full of cookies from Disney World, and I'm gonna, I haven't even told my wife that yet. We're going to, Miley's mouth just hit the floor. I will share them. I promise. I'll be glad to do that. And, and then they brought me in a, a cup, a, a, a portable drink holder, and it was a Coke Zero, and it was the black label, Coke Zero. You know, uh, they changed Coke Zero. It's not good anymore. It is just acceptable. Uh, last year it was the black label and it was really good and they turned it to the red label and it's not as good and they saw that black label. They knew I liked it <clears throat> and this morning they brought me in my office a, a Coke uh, cup for me to, to carry my drink in my car with and it was the black label. And I said, boy, that was thoughtful of you. Just to realize and remember, boy, your pastor liked the black Coke Zero that's no longer available and you were thoughtful enough to pick that up for me. And bring and boy, it just meant a lot to me that they, that they were so thoughtful. It really is the thought that counts when you think about it this morning. <clears throat> I think about uh, Leslie, how many times Miley would pick a flower for her. Just out there in the yard, a wild flower, maybe a dandelion, maybe one of those little white flowers that grows on the wild onions, and Miley would come in and she'd give those to Leslie, and <clears throat> I dare say that those flowers probably meant just as much to her or more uh, than the $80 bouquets that I would buy at the local florist. Why? It's the thought that counts. Man, Miley we go out there and pick those flowers. Every once in a while, a a kid will leave a a gift on my desk, a handmade card. And uh, I keep every one of them. I don't throw them away. Uh, If I can't keep them on my my shelves in my office anymore, I have a file that I put them uh, in. And I love reading the cards from kids because they're just honest. Uh, And uh, I've learned that I've made a lot of friends here below five feet tall with jelly beans and donuts. You know, if you have to buy your friends, hey, at least you got them, right? And uh, I don't mind buying them with jelly beans and donuts. But they'll write me a note, and they'll say, Pastor, thank you for being the best pastor in the world. That makes me feel great. It says, because you bring us donuts. That's nothing to do with the preaching or nothing like that. You know, a little humility goes a long way. Uh, But it means a lot. Why? Because they were thoughtful about that. Uh, How often has somebody given you your favorite candy bar? They just took the time to listen. And they heard you like the Reese's. Uh, next thing you know, you look there on your, uh, on your desk at work or on your chair at church, and there's a note, hey, I picked this up for you. And it means a lot. Why? Because that person thought enough about you to get you something that they knew meant a lot to you. Now, this morning, I want you to turn your attention to the greatest gift that you and I have ever been given, and that was Christ. The Bible says, when you look down in verse number 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, when you look close, there's a word there I want you to zoom in on. It's the word unspeakable. That means the gift is of such that you and I in our mortal minds with our mortal tongue cannot describe exactly all that that gift truly means to us. I've been given a lot of thoughtful gifts in my life, if you've been in my office you've seen there's a lot of trinkets and things up on shelves and uh, maybe not a lot of intrinsic value in the gifts that are up there but they're gifts that are very thoughtful that someone took the time to get that for me or give that to me or even sometimes make that for me and I'll sit there and I'll tell stories, kids will ask me what is this rock and I'll say I think that was a rock Ms. Lynn got me on a trip she went on or that was a rock somebody else got me on a trip that they went on. Man, you're putting a rock up on your shelf. Why? Because it was a thoughtful gift. I, you know, a rock's a cheap gift. People say, hey, I'm going on a trip. You want me to get you something? I say, yeah, bring me back a rock. Uh, Miss Katie Ann brought me a rock from uh, David Livingston's uh, a memorial there in Africa. Man, I got that rock up on my shelf. Very thoughtful. Somebody would bring you something like that. And we can describe for people, boy, let me tell you how thoughtful they were here. But The Bible says that the gift that we receive from God is an indescribable gift. It's, the Bible says it's an unspeakable gift, meaning it's impossible for us to fully comprehend and explain all of what Jesus Christ means to us. We could go around this room, and I mean this, we would spend the rest of this life Talking about what Jesus means to us, yes, salvation, yes, a home in heaven, yes, he is our savior, he is our rock, he is our counselor. We could go all through the names of Christ and yet we would still never fully describe what Jesus means to us. We could do that probably for uh, the rest of this afternoon just alone talking about eternity in heaven, not to mention what it means in this life. But here's what's amazing, even though we can't fully explain and describe what Jesus means to us we can never do it in this lifetime, we can go to the Word of God and let Christ explain exactly what he came to be to us. This morning, I, I want you to turn to another passage real quick in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, turn there with me if you will. We can't describe exactly what Jesus fully means to us, but you know what we can do? We can go to the word of God and allow the Lord himself to give us a glimpse into exactly what he came to be to us. John chapter 14 is a passage we know well, and uh, I believe it was preached out of Miss Estes' funeral this past week, or it was quoted. We'll start in verse number one, read letters here, watch what Jesus says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. But watch this next exchange, if you will. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Now here comes Thomas. I love Thomas because I see myself in Thomas. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Now, verse 6 is our text today. Jesus is about to describe just part of the gift that he came to be to you and I. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This morning, even though the gift is... Something undescribable. We cannot fully comprehend or explain all of what Jesus means to us. We can go to the very word of God and let Jesus himself explain to us just portions of what he came to be for us. In verse number six, there's three things this morning that he tells us about the gift that he came to be that we need to understand this morning. And today, and Lord willing, next Sunday, we're going to look at the thought of unwrapping the gift of God. And I believe verse number six helps us unwrapped, unwrap the gift that Christ came to be. Now, let's begin unwrapping it this morning, if we could. This unspeakable gift in verse number six. Notice Jesus says, I am the way. Here is Christ describing himself, the unspeakable gift of God that was given to us, and Christ is helping us explain and understand exactly what he came to be for you and I. The first thing that he says is, I came to be and I am the way. Now, I love Thomas interjecting here in verse number five. Thomas seems kind of worried, doesn't he? Here's Jesus saying, I'm going to go away. Now, Jesus Christ is the ultimate security blanket. Jesus has walked with them. They have talked with him. They have served with him. I mean, he is the ultimate security blanket to them. And now he's saying, I'm going to go away. He says, but don't worry. I'm going to prepare a place that you can come as well. And verse 4, he says, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas speaks up, and Thomas says, wait a minute. Could I get some clarification? Now look, when it comes to something this important, it's worth asking a question. I know as teachers, oftentimes we say there are no dumb questions. I think that's debatable. But when it comes to eternity and following Christ, could I just say this morning, I appreciate the fact that Thomas asked the question. Thomas says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Thomas, I believe, is asking for clarification. Hey, I don't want to miss out. Uh, You say you're going away and you say we know the way, but we do not know the way. And Jesus answers the question, he says in verse 6, if you know me, you know the way because I am the way. That I am going away and I am going to prepare a place and I've made a way for you and that way is myself. I am the way that through Jesus Christ, We have the opportunity to access what God has prepared. How sad would it be this morning for him to tell them about this place he's going to prepare and then say, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. How frightening would that be? I mean, sometimes we can't even match our own clothes, right? Sometimes, husbands, we don't know the gift to get our wives. matter of fact, some of you may have already purchased the same thing you got her last year. And yet, when it comes to eternity, thank God we don't have to figure that one out. Thank God Jesus answers him and says, watch this, I am providing you that opportunity to access all that I'm going to prepare for you. That's why this morning, as we unwrapped this unspeakable gift, we need to see number one this morning, Christ is our opportunity. As we unwrap the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ, he says, I want you to know, I am the way, I am the way. Uh, All that I am preparing and the Father has prepared, uh, that opportunity will come through me. Now, folks, this is important this morning. Try to imagine Thomas and what he's thinking. Boy, it sounds wonderful what you're preparing. Oh, you're going to prepare a place where you are going to allow us to enjoy your splendor. How often on planet Earth we have very selfish natures, don't we? We have something wonderful, we have something good, and we don't want to share it. Brother Michael uh, was just showing me a picture a moment ago. Uh, I'll show you a picture of him here in just a minute. Uh, He got a free gift the other day. Uh, What was it? Mocha, whipped cream, and uh, some other type of whipped cream. He was showing me a picture of it. But you know, Brother Michael has yet to share any of that with me. He told me he got it, but he's yet to share it with me. Uh, we find something good and uh, we don't want to share it. All right, now Brother Michael, he brought me cookies yesterday. He delivered them all the way to my house. He likes to share. Oftentimes, we get something good, we don't want to share it. And yet, here's Christ talking about the splendors of all that he's preparing. And he says, look, I want you to know, I want you to be able to enjoy it as well. And I'm the opportunity for that. As we unwrap the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ, can I tell you what Jesus is? He is our opportunity. Because of outside of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what God has prepared and what his word tells us about the splendors of heaven, outside of Jesus Christ, we don't even have the opportunity. Why? Because he says, I am the way. Brother Michael sent me a picture. I'll show it to you right here. If you're watching WDAM the other night, uh, you might have caught a glimpse of a local celebrity right there in our church. Uh, there's Brother Michael Coates. Brother Michael can always sniff out a good deal, and uh, he heard they were giving away free food and free goodies to the first few hundred people that came into Aldi's. Anybody been to Aldi's yet? I have not been to Aldi's yet. I hear it's a pretty neat place. We'll try to get there uh, this week. I'm a connoisseur of good grocery stores, so uh, we're going to try to get by there this week. Brother Michael sent me this picture. He heard they were giving out all of this free stuff, and he got in line for it. And He even got on the news. He's right up here on the second row. If you want his autograph before we leave here today, I'm sure he wouldn't mind signing your Bible or something along that line. He sent me the picture, and he says, hey, I I heard they were giving away this free stuff, and I got in line for it. Can I tell you this morning, heaven's wonderful. Spending eternity in heaven with our Father uh, is grand. But understand this this morning that you and I outside of Jesus Christ could not even get in line for it. We did not even have the qualifications. Our righteousness was as filthy rags. There was no way that you and I had access to all that God prepared. But thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift that provides the way that you and I can have the opportunity to access that. You realize this morning all that you and I stood in line for was death. Destruction and heartache. And yet Jesus got in line for you and I. He got in line and he lived the sinless life. He got in line and he suffered the punishment of the cross. He got in line and he died and he got in line and he was raised for you and I. Can I tell you something this morning? As we unwrap the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ, he says, I want you to know that I'm the way and I want you to know that I provide you the opportunity for all my fathers prepared. Yesterday, we go out and we knock doors. Man, we had a good time yesterday. Got to go out with my daughter. She was my partner yesterday. And I was looking through my phone yesterday of all through the years how many times Miley's been my soul winning partner. And uh, I put on social media, it's hard to say no to a cute kid, you know. Uh, that's why I take him. Brother Michael t- uh, Brother Micah took his little guy yesterday. Uh, I pulled through the, uh, uh, the area where we were knocking doors yesterday. And uh, there's little Kagan, man. He's got tracks in his hand. I mean, how can you say no to Kagan? I mean, just a sweet little kid out there. We're out there knocking doors. Some folks weren't home. We left gospel tracts, our church Christmas card. You ought to get some, take them with you today. Uh, There were folks who answered the door, didn't have time to talk, and we gave them a gospel tract. Do you know what we gave out yesterday? It wasn't just pieces of paper with red and green writing on them. It was the good news of the gospel that lets everyone know that Jesus is the way and Jesus provides the opportunity to all the Father has prepared. Oh, I read my Bible. Oh, there's so much good stuff in here that our Father wants for us. How sad would it be this morning to read about the grace and peace and joy. The angel says, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. How sad would it be to have good tidings and great joy and peace on earth, peace in the heart of man, peace of mind, and all of a sudden God says, but you're not eligible for that. How sad would that be this morning? You say, boy, I'd love to get in on some of that. Well, can I tell you, verse number six shows us, Jesus says, I am the way. What does that mean? He means, I am the opportunity, all that God's prepared. Think about this this morning. God offers us forgiveness through Christ. God offers us heaven through Christ. God offers us hope through Christ. God offers us the presence of the Holy Spirit through Christ. God offers us victory through Christ. And on and on and on we read of all the blessings and benefits that you and I enjoy. How? Through Christ. Through Christ. Man, Brother Michael found out they were giving away some good stuff at all these. Man, he got the details. Hey, how do I get in on that? He got in line and came home with the whipped cream he hasn't shared with me yet, but I'm sure he will. He says, man, I I found the way, I found the way. Listen to me this morning. If you have trusted Christ, do you realize this morning the unspeakable gift of Christ is not just heaven, it's joy, it's peace. This morning we get to have all the benefits of God because he provides that opportunity. It's an unspeakable gift. We can't describe all that it means to us, but we do know this. Verse 6 says, Thomas, I want you to know I am the way. I am the access point of God's opportunity. John 3, 17, we know the verse well in 16. Do you know what 17 says? For God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world. God did not send Jesus down to condemn us, but God sent Jesus to be the way that we could access all the opportunities of God. I'll read my Bible. Sometimes it seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Does it seem too good to be true? I mean, I've had people, I've sat down and read to them what the Word of God says about how they can be saved and how it's a free gift. I love free gifts, don't you? It doesn't matter what it is. Man, it's a free gift. I want to be a part of it. Sam's, go to Sam's, man, on Friday, have all those free samples. Even if it has celery in it, I'll take it. Why? It's free. Free food. The Bible says salvation is a free gift. And I've had people look me in the eye and say, are you serious? Are you serious? Is it that easy? Absolutely. You know why? Because Jesus Christ. He is the way that provides us with the opportunity. Romans 8, 37, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Here's two words you got to hear in that verse. Through him. We are conquerors through him. You ever feel beat down? You ever feel like this world's ganging up on you and you got a 500-pound gorilla on your back and you just can't move forward in the will of God and you just feel bogged down in life? Watch this. Do you know that the Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, that through Christ we have the opportunity to be what Romans 8 says, a conqueror. I am more than conqueror. You can get that gorilla off of your back. Listen, you can overcome whatever is is standing in your way. How? Through Christ. The opportunity to be a conqueror is only through Christ. 1 John 4, 9, the Bible says, "In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live, watch this, through him. It's through him. You ever known somebody? You ever known somebody? You know, uh, you'll be at a restaurant and there's no reservation. Say, hey, wait a minute, I know somebody. All right? Uh, Maybe maybe you're uh, trying to get a a hotel booked or something. They say there's no reservations left. Say, hey, don't worry, I know somebody. You ever know somebody? I like knowing people in the fast food industry, don't you? Amen. Go in Krispy Kreme. Hey, I know somebody here. I'm getting a free donut out of this deal. I mean, that's good friends to have, right? You know, the Bible says if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know the ultimate somebody. And the Bible says through Him, through Him, we have the opportunities of all that God's prepared. I believe it was back in 1998, maybe 98-99, the governor's race here in Mississippi. Uh, I think Musgrove was running, maybe Parker. I can't remember who was running that year, and I was really into politics in my, my first second year of college, and they were having a debate uh, in Flowood, I believe it was Flowood, and uh, I got out of uh, class one night early, and I said, I'm going to drive to watch that debate, and, and I got in my little car and drove up to Jackson as quick as I could, got to the big event hall where the two candidates are going to uh, debate uh, uh, for the governor's seat, And uh, I remember I'm walking up these large granite steps to get to the, uh, the venue where it's at and as I walk up to the door, these two very large muscular men close the door in front of me. And I'm thinking, well, um, can I get in? And They said, no sir, we've reached capacity. You ever feel like that's just your luck? You mean that one guy in front of me? And then you start thinking ill thoughts about all the people going slow in the fast lane on the way up there. If it weren't for you, I would have got in. And so I, I looked at, I said, "I said, sir, I just drove from Laurel, got out of class and drove here to be here. I want to be I want to be at the uh, debate. I'd love to hear that. And the gentleman at the door said, sorry, sir, we've reached capacity. And I tried a few other areas. I didn't have my daughter with me to help sweet talk then. I, I wasn't married yet, you know. So I probably could have got in if I'd had her, but I'm there by myself and this is all I had to work with. And uh, I didn't get in. I said, you're going to close the door like that? I just drove an hour and a half to get here and... You're not going to let me in? He said, yes, sir, we've reached capacity. He had no qualms about closing the doors and not allowing me in. He says, we're not going to let you in. You're not going to have the opportunity. And I turned around and drove all the way back home and listened to the debate on my car radio. Do you know what the Bible says about our Savior in John 10? Jesus says this, I am the door. I am the door. You know, God and his holiness and his righteousness would have every right and would have been just to close the door on you and I. I'm not letting you in. I gave you a shot back there in Eden. I gave you a perfect world and you messed it up. And your children have messed it up and you're going to mess it up and you mess it up. God could have said, no, I'm, I'm closing the door. It's just angels only. Angels only. You know, the Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. Watch this. This unspeakable gift, Jesus says, I am the door you know what a door provides you with? Opportunity. A door provides you with opportunity. Imagine if this room that we're in this morning had no doors. Now, I know some of you, you're very crafty and you'd find a way eventually. Uh, but if there were no doors in this room this morning, it'd be hard to get out, wouldn't it? You'd have, not have the opportunity to leave. Yet this morning the Bible says that Jesus said, I want you to know that I'm the door and I want you to enter in, but you've got to enter in by me. You see, he's describing a sheepfold and the sheepfold has the walls and there is no door on the sheepfold. It is a a blank opening. And that shepherd, the good shepherd would lay in front of that sheepfold. Nothing could get in, nothing could get out other than by going through the shepherd who was the door. There was no opportunity to get in or to get out outside of the shepherd. Why? Because he is the door. He is the one that you're going to have to go through to have the opportunity. And that is Jesus Christ for you and I. All that our Father has prepared, all that he was going to prepare in John 14. He says, I want you to know, I want you to have access and opportunity. And Thomas says, how do we do that? Thomas says, verse 5, how do we get in on that? Well, I'll tell you how. Christ says, I am the way, or otherwise, I am the opportunity. What's sad is in this life, there's a lot of disappointment, is there not? The world will let you down, people will let you down, I will let you down, your work will let you down, your government will let you down, you name it, ultimately, you will get let down and you will get disappointed in this life. I was thinking this morning, I was preparing my heart to preach and couldn't help but think about the impotent man in John 5, where he's sitting there by the pool of Bethesda, and every time the angel would come down and trouble the water, he couldn't get in. He couldn't get in. He couldn't get over to where the waters were troubled so that he could be healed. He just couldn't make it over there in time, and somebody always got there before he did. You ever feel that way? I just can't get to where I need to get in just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, and along comes Jesus. Jesus. And provided for that man an opportunity when everything else had let him down you see Jesus is the door he's the opportunity he's the way that's why he says Thomas watch verse 4 you know the way because if you know me you know the way now folks I fear often time when we're running from Christ and we all do at some point or another as we run from Christ we don't realize we are running from our opportunity the whole reason that the Lord Jesus Christ left heaven to come down to this sinful earth and to live and die for you and I was to provide us with opportunity. I think about this time of the year, how often we sit, out the, uh, we sit and watch out the window waiting for the UPS man to come or the Amazon guy to come. Uh, I told my class this morning, they know our house well. I'm, I feel like we ought to invite the guy to Christmas lunch. I really do. He spends so much time at our house, I feel like he's a part of the family now. Stacks those boxes up there. You wouldn't run from the Amazon man, why? Because you know he's got something for you. You wouldn't run from the UPS man, would you? Why? Because you're looking forward to what he has for you. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ, how often do we run from God? When God came to do what for us? Well, this unspeakable gift shows us Christ is our opportunity. But then let's unwrap it a little bit further. and We're going to have to hurry. Verse 6, the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way. But then watch what he says. He says, the truth. He's helping him understand exactly what the gift of Christ came to be. And when you look that word truth a very beautiful word, it's the word althea, it means absolute certainty or reality. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternal life. And Thomas needs some filling in of the details. I don't blame him. I would too. You can't afford to get those kind of questions wrong. Wait wait a minute, Thomas says. Could you explain to me again? He says, well, I want you to know I am the way, but also I am the truth. I am the absolute certainty. I am the reality. He's saying, Thomas, I am what you need to know. Now, this is important this morning. Not only did Christ come to be our opportunity, but as we unwrap the unspeakable gift, notice number two this morning, Christ is our certainty. He says, Thomas, I want you to know I am not only the way that provides you your opportunity, I am the truth that will give you certainty. In 2023, we're living in a mixed up world. I told my class today, uh, I look back in 1980s and 90s, the years that I grew up, and uh, I get it now why some of you older folks talk about the good old days, because I look back at the years I grew up, the 80s or 90s, and they're good old days. Uh, Really, they were, I mean, uh, simpler life, and uh, uh, I wish that our kids could get to enjoy that much simpler time, and yet I look at the world we're living in now, everything is fluid. Marriage is fluid, it used to be a, a foundational fundamental institution, now marriage is fluid. Think about gender today, gender's fluid, we even have coined that term, gender fluid, we have the term today, non-binary, we are not bound to one gender. Everything is fluid. Everything is changing. I even saw a Fox News uh, report the other day where uh, you had the conservative and the liberal, and they were arguing back and forth, and now even math is subjective. Now, granted, as a kid, I wish math was subjective, Because all of my wrong answers could have been right, okay? This is how I identify two plus two. It is really five. And I watched a report on Fox News the other day, and they were arguing. Math is now subjective. It means it is not absolutely certain anymore. Do you know what our world needs? Uh, What our world needs right now more than anything is certainty. Absolute certainty. Now, wait a minute. Jesus says here to Thomas, I'm the way, I'm your opportunity. Number two, he says, I am the truth, I am absolute certainty. Folks, in the world we're living in today, it's hard to find absolutes, things people have trusted in and built their lives upon, principles, people, institutions. They seem to be crumbling all around us, but thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift that we unwrap, and it's not only opportunity to access all that God's prepared, but it is certainty in the life we're living in, and oh, how we need that today. Absolute certainty. Jesus Christ, what does the word of God say in Hebrews thirteen eight? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Oh, as we knocked doors yesterday, and we're sharing with people the wonderful, unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. Not only were we sharing with them the opportunity and the way to access all that God's prepared but we are offering them absolute certainty in a world where it's hard to find that anymore. That's what Jesus is this morning. Through Christ, we know what? We know the truth. Now, I want you to think about something. Everybody's going through something. Everybody is in a battle. Everybody is facing something. And everybody has a monkey on their back sooner or later. And oh, how we long for relief, do we not? Or we just want some peace. We just want a good day. Lord, we just want to get the monkey off our back. God, would you just help our home? God, would you help our kids? God, would you help our job? And we are, we are just bound by so much difficulty in the life we're living in, in the age we're living in. But wait a minute. My Bible tells me in John chapter 8, verse 32, listen close. And ye shall know the truth. Now it's important you know the truth, Amen. Aren't you glad that our Father loved us enough that He desired we know the truth? And watch this. He didn't just say, hey, I'm going to write it down and mail it to you. He says, I'm going to put the truth in the form of my Son. I'm going to put the truth in the form of flesh, and you're going to get to know Him personally. If you know Jesus, you know the truth. Now, wait a minute. What does it go on to say? And the truth shall make you free. You see, folks, the world that we're living in is struggling Listen, the lost world can't cope, and they're bound, they're in the prison, they're prisons of addictions, prisons of their mind, and we're bound by all that we're living in right now. But wait a minute, the Bible says there's freedom, that our Father, in his unspeakable gift, we keep unwrapping this thing, and we see that Jesus is the way and the opportunity, but not only that, Jesus is our certainty, he is the truth, and the truth does what? Makes us free. Oh my goodness. It is unspeakable. You know, we, you could just say, tell me about Jesus, well Jesus died for me and now I get a ticket to heaven. That's about the most monolithic answer you could give, but it's true, there's so much more to it. He is the way, He is our opportunity, He is the truth, He is our certainty. Now I want you to look at verse 5 real quick, I'm going to hurry. I want you to notice what Thomas says in verse 5, I think if you look close, you could probably see yourself because I see myself and I see my flesh. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, watch this, look at the next three words, we know not. You ever get to a place where you say that to God? Lord, I just, I don't know. Lord, what do I do? Lord, trying to raise a kid in a world that's trying to tell them they're everything but what you made them to be? You ever get to a spot in your marriage where you're saying, Lord, I we know not. Lord, I... I Lord, I, I'm uncertain about my home and my children. God, I'm uncertain about my direction. God, I'm just uncertain. I'm uncertain. Aren't you glad today that, to understand that through Christ we can know truth? Keep reading verse 5. We know not whither thou goest. And watch this. Watch the next three words. How can we? You ever ask those two questions or, or make those two statements? We know not and how can we? Or how, how can we know? Lord, how can we have certainty? Oh, watch verse 6. Jesus says, Thomas, I want you to know I am not only the way, but I am the truth. In a world that's fretful and worrying and doubtful where we say, Lord, we know not. And how can we know? Father, we have two more questions than we have answers. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. We can give us certainty in this life, but only through Jesus Christ. How do you get the monkey of uncertainty off your back? It's through Christ. You say, well, I'm going to ponder on this a while. What did old Jed Clampett used to say? I'm going to cipher on it. You're going to cipher a lot on 2023. He'd sit out there, old Jed would, and he'd be whittling out there. Man, you're going to have a stack of of wood chips out there bigger than your house. There's some of the stuff you're not going to be able to figure out, but thanks be to God, his unspeakable gift gives us what? Truth. It gives us certainty. 1 Samuel 12, there's a warning. Let me give you this. Jot down the reference, read it when you get home. 1 Samuel 12, 21. Here's what he said to them. He challenged them. Turn ye not aside, for then ye would go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver. Be careful chasing after the world's truth that will not profit nor deliver. There's only one truth, and his name is Jesus. And through Christ we have what? We have certainty. So number one. This unspeakable gift is the way in verse six that gives us opportunity. It's the truth that gives us certainty. That is Jesus, you can find it through him. But wait a minute, he gives us one more thing. I am the way, the truth, and finally notice the last thing. He says, and the life. I am the way that gives you opportunity. I am the truth that will give you certainty. But wait a minute, he says, I want you to know I am also the life. Boy, I tell you, a lot of folks have been sick lately, some folks with the flu. I mean, 20-something kids at the school last week with the flu and families on that line. But then a lot of folks, several folks have been in the hospital with stuff even worse than that. Uh, I've spent time this week with folks with cancer. And oftentimes we'll sit there and we'll discuss the diagnosis they have. And what it ultimately gets around to is expectation. How much time do the doctors say you have? Now, I want you to notice what Jesus says is in him and what he is. He says, I am the life. Meaning, watch this, that ultimately, Thomas, I am your expectation. That ultimately, the life that you are looking for, not just this life that is temporal, but the one that is eternal. He says, I want you to know that I am the life, or number three this morning, notice Christ is our expectation. As we unwrap the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ, we notice Jesus says, I want you to know, I am life, or you know what, I am your expectation, Thomas. Thomas, I don't want you to put your stock in anything else. There's no need to doubt, there's no need to worry. I'm the way, I'm the truth, but I'm also the life. I am your expectation. What Jesus came to give us, John chapter 10 spells it out. I am come that you might have life. Come that you might have life. I know in the world we're living in, you don't like anybody knocking knock on your door unless it is the Amazon man. You know, you have different church groups and denomination religions. They go out and they knock on doors, unless it's political season and uh, politicians will knock on your door from time to time. And yesterday we had so many folks out knocking on doors. I mean, well over 100 doors knocked on yesterday. And I couldn't help but think about folks that answered their door wondering why folks would be out on a Saturday morning knocking on doors. Why are you going out? You're knocking on my door. You know, it's awkward, right? You're going to talk to a stranger about the most intimate part of them, which is their never-dying soul. You knock on the door. Now, most people aren't expecting it, you know. Some folks still in their pajamas, maybe. If I had the chance, I probably would be too. Maybe standing there with a bowl of cereal. They don't realize that they're about to be asked a question or presented with an opportunity that is the most important question they'll ever have to answer. You know what it revolves around? Their expectation of life. What are you trusting? What are you leaning on? Where is your expectation for eternal life? Folks, if you're saved here this morning, can I tell you what Jesus is? He's your opportunity. Oh, my goodness, he is the way. He is your certainty for truth. But, boy, Jesus is our expectation. You ask me why I'm going to heaven You ask me why I'm going to heaven. Uh, Look, I'll tell you, it's not because of me. I'm thankful for good parents. It's not because of them. I'm thankful for a good heritage in my grandparents. It's not because of them. It's not because I read my Bible. It's not because I go to church. Oh, no, no, no. My expectation of heaven doesn't revolve around something. It revolves around someone. And it's Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. This morning, I wonder if you realize just what that unspeakable gift means, not only to the lost, but to the saved. He is your opportunity. You read in this book of all that God's prepared and all that God offers. You say, boy, that'd be nice. Watch this. You're not excluded. You're included through Christ. We're living in a society that puts a lot of stock in inclusion. Look, this is not a new term. God believes in inclusion but through his way, his way, through Christ. Folks, can I tell you this morning, God, through his unspeakable gift, has given us access to the riches of heaven. That's yours today. That's why it's unspeakable. You know, when you get down, and we all do, you get to have a bad day, you ought to start sit down and, and trying to describe the indescribable and unspeakable gift. After a while, you'll realize just how good we got it because it's through Christ. Christ, number one, the opportunity. Can I ask you this morning, have you taken him up on that opportunity to have a home in heaven? If you are saved this morning, have you ever just sit down and thought about how good God's been to you in giving us the unspeakable gift? Maybe this morning you're here and you're saved, but you've gotten over your salvation and would have thought this morning that we could ever do that, but it's true. Do you realize that so many things you have questions about and are worried about and doubting about this morning, do you realize this morning that through Christ, He is the truth that brings certainty? This morning, I believe the reason we get out and we start drowning in our doubts and our fears is because we've gotten away from Christ, the solid rock where our hopes should be built upon. Him and Him alone. There's certainty this morning, but it's only through Jesus Christ. Could I beg you, Christian... If you're drowning in uncertainty and doubt, oh, wade back to the rock of God's truth, which is Jesus Christ, and suddenly this morning you find out life isn't as bad as you think it is, but it's only through Christ, only through Christ. And finally, oh, when life seems to get you down, unwrap that gift again and realize the unspeakable gift of Christ, He is life. He is our expectation. I'll close with Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible tells us to run. Let us run our race. We've got a job to do. We've got a calling placed upon us. We've got a work to do before Jesus comes. Let's run, let's run, let's run. Let's run our race with patience. That's verse 1. Verse 2, what does it begin with? It helps you understand how to run. It says, looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know what that means? He is our expectation. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to be waiting on the finish line. Listen to me. you got to keep going. you got to keep running. you got to keep working. Why? Because I believe the finish line is in sight. And when you cross the finish line and look into the blessed eyes of Jesus Christ, whatever you had to do to get across that line is going to be worth it. Why? Because he's our expectation. That's what I'm running for. I know there's going to be mansions and streets of gold. I know there are crowns, but it's all going to be laid at the feet of Jesus. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm running for. That's what you ought to run for, too. Maybe this morning you've been running for the wrong things. If you're not careful, you'll find out your hope and your expectations and your desires, maybe in something or someone else. But in the end, all we needed was Jesus because he is the life and the expectation. That we're looking forward to just the other day miss estes uh, i guess about a week ago uh, breathed her last breath i believe it was on the wee hours on a sunday morning and 90 years old 90 years old i used to want to live to be 100 now uh, i don't know man i've i've had a pretty good 43 year run you know she lived to be 90 years old and i just thought we were at her, her memorial service this past week and i couldn't help but think Man, she lived 90 years. She served the Lord faithfully. And the moment that she looked into the eyes of Jesus, it was worth it. It was worth it. Her expectation was worth it. I don't know all of her struggles and difficulties. She had to go through health problems. Things. I don't know, but, but I promise you, when she looked into the eyes of Jesus, it was, it was worth it. Why? Because he was the unspeakable gift, and we could live a lifetime giving every moment of every day to him and still not even come close to say thank you for what he did for us. This morning, folks, the Bible says that God has given us an unspeakable gift. Number one, have you received it? Have you trusted Christ? Are you saved? Are you saved? There's a gift with your name on it, and it's an unspeakable gift. It's an indescribable gift. And oh, this morning, how wonderful it'd be if you came to know Christ as your personal Savior. Oh, it'd be wonderful. Wonderful. There's only one way, it's not through your baptism, your religion, through your heritage, it's through Jesus. I am the way, he is the opportunity. But then Christian, listen to me this morning Christian. I know there's a lot going on in our world, but hear me out, there's certainty through Christ too. His truth, go back to his truth, get back to Christ. That's the solid rock this morning. And then don't get your eyes off of our expectation, which is Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stop there this morning, let's stand together. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. What was the gift? The way of opportunity, the truth of certainty, and an expectation of life. This morning, could we just stop and open that gift again? Realize how good God has been to us. Could we just stop this morning and get back to Christ and our eyes on him and our expectation on him? you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ, I want to encourage you to come down. We've got folks standing down front of the Bible. They'd love to take the Word of God and help you to open that unspeakable gift. But for the saved today, oh folks, listen to me this morning. Realize what Jesus means to you. Let's get our eyes back on Him. Father, I thank You this morning for Your Word, and I thank You for the gift. Lord, it truly is unspeakable. can't describe all that it means. Just in one verse, we saw three things, and Lord, if we could have spent hours on those three things yet more. Father, I pray that there's one here that's not sure they're saved today. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to see that that gift was for them. It's a free gift. Jesus stood in line, and he took our punishment and our pain and got the gift secured for us that we could be saved. But for the saved today, Father, I pray that you'd help us unwrap that gift again and realize that, Father, we've got life through Christ. We have truth through Christ and oh, Father, how we need that in the world we're living in right now. We need that certainty, that solid rock. And Father, if we get to the place where we're drowning, help us get back to Jesus today. Help us to get our eyes on the expectation of life that's through him. And Father, we can run our race and we can look to him and we can finish our race. Bless our invitation today. I, I pray that we respond in a way pleasing to you for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Our piano